Welcome to another edition of our podcast, Barely Offensive. Oh, I didn't tell them we were going to do it at the same time. It sounded like uh, Beastie Boys. <laughs> Barely Offensive. What? Well, now we got to change our intro music, but this is Barely Offensive. I'm your host, John Hoffman, and with me once again is my co-host, Chandler Crotche. Hello, hello. It's a pleasure to be here. And we have a fantastic show for you. We're going it's to wonderful. be We're going to be diving into more of the uh, Michigan local legends. Uh, we had a lot of positive feedback after our last episode and want to kind of stay on that, uh, that vein, um, nice and close to home. So we're going to be talking uh, first about a mysterious disappeared city. Disappearing. Yeah, no, disappearing. Your grammar might be a little bit. It's all right. It's yeah. par for the course. Yeah. It, I think actually. What you come to, what you would what come, you to, come expect. to expect. I, uh, once we, once we, you know, get a nice catalog of these under our belt, I want to go through and just pull a bunch of clips of you, like just screwing up words, <laughs> put them all together for your self esteem. Yeah. No, that sounds like a good Send idea. Send them to your therapist. This um, is why he's always sad. <laughs> And in addition to our, I just want to mention that okay. in addition to your your excellent and uh, engaging storytelling, we also have our normal short segments, which will be stand up, sitting down, a little views and review, a cage of the day. In. Yeah, that's right, cage of the day. Oh, caged I, I in. Screwed it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> caged in was the name of your band in college, we're, wasn't it? It was. We're really on point. It was a Freudian slip. It was my mother's band. We're going to have some great short segments for you as well, and of course, we always have a message from our dear. Uh, very uh, loyal sponsors. Cartelco, of course. Cartelco. All right, so what does Cartelco have for us today? Cartelco, those uh, innovative geniuses, they keep coming up with new ways to serve our customers and uh, and new contracts for us as well. And so this is what they've given us today. Cartelco is now offering an, an innovative new laundry service. And so they ask, are you tired of everything always being dirty? Tired of that pesky gunpowder residue on your pants? How about those pesky bloodstains on your favorite shirt? Are you tired of your money always being traceable? Cartelco Laundry Service is here to help. Cartelco. I don't know. It sounds... Great. Yeah. I feel like maybe I should read through these before we get started, but... Um... I, I don't see a problem with it. You right. know... That's good. Yeah. Me They're a good and, sponsor. Uh... All cash. Only cash. Yeah. All the time. Delivered at night. In a um, the briefcase. Black, black van <laughs> yeah. with armed guards yeah. and Big Tony. Okay, shh. Oh, Big Tony. Big Tony. Have that you guy ever... scares the crap out of me. Why? He's such a nice guy. Because you know he's a mob boss because of how short his name is. Tony. You've never you've never heard a mob boss with a long name, right? Like Big Leonardo. True. Big Eugene. <laughs> it's like no, it'd be Big Leo. It's Big Leo. I I don't think that Big Tony sounds anything like a mobster name. Well, so. you might be right. All right, so do you want to jump right into our segments? Yeah, let's jump into uh, Stand Up Sitting Down. Okay, so Stand Up Sitting Down, a brief explanation. What we do here is we tease out, talk over concepts that we are working on for stand-up bits. These might be things that we have already tried and failed utterly and miserably, and uh, we've crawled here to hash them out again. Or they might be completely new ideas that we want to sort of offer up to the muses, as it were, and we hit them back and forth like a sad uh, tennis ball. 
they they could also be opportunities to actually share your comedy when you're too cowardly to do it on stage. That's true. I'm not talking about anyone specific here. So John has has not done stand up yet. Um, I keep why uh, you have to bring that up. Well, I you know it sounded like you brought it up, like you wanted to talk about no, it. No, I wasn't. Do you need I wasn't talking Kleenex about or? me. I wasn't. Are you okay? That wasn't me. I'm you good? Okay. Messing okay. up over there. Okay. It scares him. Um, a little bit, yeah. It honestly think of it as a natural laxative because it is, and it will work wonders on your system. Um, <laughs> okay. It's terrifying, but but very fun and pretty therapeutic. I think my biggest problem is every time I sit down to work on my comedy. You remember you're not funny. Oh, ouch! No, I was going to say no, you're that hilarious. I'm editing this podcast because I'm the only one with the technical know-how to do that. Oh, that's true. All right, I get it. Slam on me. <laughs> well deserved. Served and returned. <laughs> and stand up sitting down today. I'm going to give us two quick jokes, and then I'm going to add a joke to the theme we discussed last week. Okay. So this is the first joke, and it is uh, – it's just two sentences. It's really just um, – which I like. It has good – what we might call anatomy. Okay. So uh, last month, Ford recalled over 1.3 million vehicles. Okay. Uh, and this is because the steering wheels were coming loose and in some cases actually coming completely off. Wow. Uh, but they said, like to be issue. fair, we were the first to come out with a driverless car. <laughs> did <Did-um. laughs> So – so there's a quick one-liner. Okay. The next joke kind of leads into the theme that we were talking about last time, which is prison. And so it starts like this. Uh, you guys have – I'll just – I won't say you guys. and Pretend like there's more than one person in this room. <laughs> uh, you've heard of uh, escape rooms, this phenomenon where a bunch of people who don't like each other uh, lock themselves willingly into a room and try to find a way out. And uh, I heard there's a very good new one. It's, in fact, almost impossible to escape. Uh, it's called Federal Prison, so <laughs> you might want to give that a try. Uh, and I also heard they give you a free ride there, as we learned in one of our views and review. From anywhere in the county. From anywhere in the county. They'll even wake you up and take you from your house directly there. And all this leads into a continued joke on the prison theme. And that would be essentially just describing what prison is. And I don't have one punchline on this joke. Just a bunch of what I think are kind of amusing or silly thoughts. Which is that prison is very odd. It's basically taking all of the people with bad intentions and probably some pretty bad like skill sets and putting <laughs> them in the same place where they can like work together. <laughs> so it's like – it'd be like – okay, it'd be like this. If you took all the naughty kids in a class and put them in the same room <laughs> and you were like, no, don't be naughty. Isn't that just like detention? Yeah, that's true, actually. Another failed idea. It never works. It's not like kids are like, oh, I got – it's only the kids who already didn't want to be in detention who are fixed by detention because they're so mortified. That's the same kind of kid that you're like, well, when your dad gets home, he's going to talk to you. And the kid's like, I don't – I'm already scared to death. Home? Yeah. What? My dad? <laughs> well, people in prison what? don't have – I mean, their dad's <laughs> not coming home. <laughs> That's probably what started them on the life of crime. It's very true. So we'll continue to make fun of them. So you have this idea where you put all the criminals together so they can basically plot and be angry about <laughs> how they're in jail together. All they do all day is get buff. Yeah, exactly. So they just sit around and like work out, lift weights, and eat protein. <laughs> and like Only pausing uh, for the occasional crafts, yeah, which, exactly. we, which we learned in our last podcast. The handy skills. The skills are like how to cut out, you know, letters in magazines to, <laughs> to make letters. <laughs> Wait, <ransom> letters. notes. <laughs> yeah. 
So I don't know. I, I feel like there's a nugget in there somewhere. Um, I like it. Yeah. So so that continues on the prison theme. Uh, okay. A bonus too. Uh, the first one is when you're driving into Grand Rapids, there's a sign that says discount cremation now only nine hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> um, I don't know why it's funny. I barely even have a joke around that other than. It just is hilarious. You can tell that uh, this is a very heavily Dutch settled area. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're like, if they don't knock $100 off the price, just burn me out back and throw me in the barrel. Are you pinching pennies? (laughs) Get burned for cheap. Now is the time to die. It's, yeah, it's, I guess the question is like, is this the best time to be seeking a good deal? Like on his deathbed, he's, you know, he's like pushing the priest away for his last (laughs) rites and he's like, no, I want the cremation guy. The last thing I want to do is like strike a good deal. Um, Oh, that's funny. I like that. Okay. Last one. You ready? Okay. Yep. Ready. I feel bad because this one also is not, well, this is what this session is for. Yep. It's not fully worked into a joke yet, but I, I do feel like there's something funny here. Okay. And that is basically uh, envelopes are the only tool where you have to lick it for it to work. <laughs> so, like, that's It literally needs human saliva in order for you to be able to use it. Can you imagine, like, like that's how you anything car- else. start your car every morning? <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, people leaning over the dashboard, like, just drooling into a... Bucket and the car starts. It's like, oh, that's a pretty bad knock you have there. Have you tried licking the axle? Have you just, you know, tried sucking on it for a little bit and uh, putting it back? It's like, it's it's so funny. We still use things. It it takes our spit. That's what it's made. That's like how it's designed. (laughs) designed Right from the get go. Yeah. So you you know, you could take that idea too with um, something about the uh, old video game cartridges. Like they're designed. You know, for you to blow to, on them. Yeah, it's for you to blow them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah want that it could to be work, a good um, blow it. Maybe, yeah. maybe lick it just a little bit and see if that works like the envelope. Okay, I'm glad you laughed right away. No, that it, was it tells that's me that, really that's a funny concept for sure. Yeah, even if I can't even come up with and, say I'm anything too, else. Yeah, yeah, if I'm too lazy to finish a joke, it, it sort of stands alone as a funny thing. Yeah, it's quick to the point. Like we were talking about. The my tendency, sometimes your tendency to have these long rambling yeah, explanations, long premises to get, and yeah, to get to the joke, and that's just like quick and to the point, and it's so funny. Cool, I think that's good feedback. Good. So those are my jokes, and this has been stand, stand up, up, sitting, sitting down. down. Our sponsor today is Drummond Sweaters, reminding you that men are better than women. Indoors, women are useful, even pleasant. On a mountain, they are something of a drag, so don't go holding them up a cliff just to show off your drum and climbing sweaters. There's no need to. These pullovers look great anywhere, on the level. Drum and climbing sweaters. All right. We're going to do a little bit of views and review. Views and review. Views and review. That's the that's a jingle. That's what you get. <laughs> jingle bells. In review. I spent some time trying to find some some really funny ones because I want these to be pure comedy gold. And, uh, and I think these are pretty good. All right. Uh, it's along our general themes that we love of, uh, just, you know, sexism and discrimination. (laughs) So I think it's going to go over very well with our audience. Okay. The, the basket of deplorables here. So our first one is from a product that was sold, I think primarily on Amazon, but I'm sure across a lot of online retailers. It says back in 2012, BIC, the pen company, Made the mistake of mansplaining writing to women. 
<laughs> by creating a pen specifically for women with a and this wasn't 1948 this was 2012 okay so uh, maybe they thought the world was going to end i don't know so it said it has a specially designed thinner barrel to fit a woman's hand <laughs> with their line of bick for her pens the internet was not amused so these are reviews um, from people who bought the pen ostensibly they go like this <laughs> from women <laughs> If I write something with these pens, does that mean whatever I write is still wrong? (laughs) (laughs) All right, second review. I'd really like to buy a pack of these pens, but I probably need my father's or husband's permission first. (laughs) (laughs) Another, um, Another customer says, not pink enough. I was disappointed to find that only one fifth of the pens I received were pink. Or maybe more. I can't do math. (laughs) (laughs) Bic has since discontinued its for her line. Uh, I wonder why. Uh, But people still like to make uh, a point about pens. So these were men who then went and reviewed other Bic pens. All right. uh, Just being, I guess, goofy. Uh, But they ask questions like, does this pen use invisible ink? I tried filling it with invisible ink, but got in a horrible mess because I couldn't tell when it was full. (laughs) I also can't tell if it's run out or not. (laughs) Another user says, incompatible. Simple instrument in classic black with nice slimline profile. It allows me to write proficiently in English, but pretty bloody awful in French. (laughs) So I guess they're just trying to get even with the the women. So that was the Bic for her pen line. We're going to change to a very different product now, but it's still product-based reviews. Is it Bic for him? It's not Bic for him. That would be very different, though. It would be. It'd be com- one, would, one could say completely different and obviously better and cheaper. <laughs> so. More efficient, harder working. <laughs> <laughs> the breadwinning pen. <laughs> the pen that could – like the other pen's a little smaller and uh, the one pen can slap the other pen around. <laughs> so <laughs> this is mm, – okay, this is a review for something called – I don't know why it's called the Hutzler. Hutzler. The Hutzler. Uh, H-U-T-Z-L-E-R. The Hutzler 571 Banana Slicer, <laughs> which um, to give you a picture is basically – uh, you know, like an apple slicer where you, yeah. it's a ring and you push it down and it slices out the Cores apple. Out the even, apple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that for a banana. So you peel the banana and then you just push it this down over it. So it's in the shape of a banana and it's yellow. And you push it down over the banana and it creates even slices. That sounds like I need it in my life. So that's exactly what this first user says. <laughs> uh, it is a woman. Uh, thankfully, she could write. And she does say... <laughs> This banana slicer saved my life. What can I say about the 571 banana (laughs) slicer that hasn't already been said about the wheel, penicillin, or the iPhone? (laughs) This is one of the greatest inventions of all time. My husband and I would argue constantly over who had to cut the day's banana slices. (laughs) It's one of those chores no one wants to do. You know, the old... I spent the entire day rearing our children. Maybe you can pitch in a little and cut these bananas. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the, you think I have the energy to slave over your bananas? <laughs> I worked a 12-hour shift just to come home to this. These are the things that can destroy an entire relationship. 
It got to the point where our children could sense the tension. <laughs> the, the minute I heard our six-year-old girl in her bedroom reenacting our daily banana fight with her Barbie dolls, <laughs> I knew we had to make a change. And that's when I found the 571 Banana Slicer. Our marriage has never been healthier. <laughs> uh, there were some questions that this person also answered. One of the questions was, can this be used on cucumbers? And she says, um, no, this one is yellow. <laughs> Bananas are yellow. Cucumbers are green. You would need to purchase a green one for cucumbers. What about like a yellow squash? Like, I, you know, the skinny ones? Yeah, it might work for that. I don't know. I mean, maybe, I feel like we should if buy it and test it. close enough in color. I feel like this would be a great bonus content. All the things you can use a, fi a Hutzler 571 <laughs> banana slicer on. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'll, I'll have to pick one up on Amazon. All right. Do you want one last quick one? This one's one, also one more. Yep. quite hilarious. All okay. Right. This is a review for an 87-tool Swiss Army knife that is actually wider than a dinner plate. <laughs> So, Wider than a dinner this plate. This is like the mega bus of Swiss Army knives. So these are some of the reviews on the on the product. Question. You know how you can ask questions on yeah. Amazon? Mm -hmm. One of the questions is, can it core an apple? And the person answered it and says, of course it can. Uh, but the apple corer blade is accessible only if you use it immediately after the bag uh, bagpipe bladder stitch removal <laughs> cumber button and before using the panda baby spoon. <laughs> One user says... Surprising results. I tried to file my nails, but in the process, I accidentally fixed a small engine that was nearby, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> oh, I, uh, another customer says, I had it in my hip pocket, and then I fell down. When I got up, I was dead. Other than that, it's okay. <laughs> and lastly, and this ties our whole segment together. Our last customer says, disappointing. This would be a great product, but was dismayed to find it has no banana slicer. <laughs> That's a deal breaker. Returning today. It really says that. Yeah. Like someone specifically had seen the banana slicer ad. I know. It was too they... perfect. I had wow. to tie it all together with that uh, with that sexy ribbon. And with that, we finish our segment, Use in Review. All right, so the main topic of our story tonight is a mysterious city buried in the sands of time. Tonight, we bring you the incredible baby true story. <laughs> much much like the lost city of Atlantis or even uh, Pompeii, there is a city to be rumored to be buried in the sands of the dunes along the lake shore in West Michigan. Does it have a really stupid name like... Catlantis. <laughs> it's it's Mompey. <laughs> the legendary city was named Singapore. Oh, Singapore. I actually don't even know what the accent would be to mock there, but take a <laughs> it, shot at that it. That definitely sounds offensive. <laughs> Singapore. Barely. Singapore, Michigan. So not to be confused with oh, maybe another Singapore that people have actually heard of. Yeah. Uh Singapore, Michigan. This city was um, established, as the legend goes, back in 1836 by a New York speculator, Oshia Wilder. Is a speculator just an old-timey term for crook? <laughs> just robber? <laughs> I'm a speculator, see? I think, <laughs> Give me uh, all your money. I think Big Tony said that he was a speculator. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he built the first mill, and that's what this, this city was built around. 
So round back, lumber, round lumber. Okay. So in in the early 1800s, that's when West Michigan really started to become settled. So before that, it was pretty much just uh, Native American land. I think the Chippewa were were one of the main tribes that were in the area. Then the whites come in, give them some beads, <laughs> some trinkets, some this copper a, trinkets. This is a beautiful lake shore. How would you like this shiny glass bottle? <laughs> See this here Filled fire water? water. <laughs> We'd like from here up to Mackinac. <laughs> And then they forced them to build the bridge. Here's some, here's some blankets. <laughs> Y'all look mighty cold. That was horrible. Well, I can't. I can't know. go there. All right. Okay. So this guy was uh, built the first lumber mill, and the town kind of popped up around the lumber mill. Mm-hmm. Now this town at one point was thought to have the potential to rival even Chicago really as a harbor town and possibly I I assume Milwaukee was definitely around and being built up around this was even I think was even a bigger thought to possibly be a bigger deal one day than Milwaukee ever could be so over time they built uh, a town around there there was there ended up being four mills the town was on roughly 40 acres of land for about half a century things went pretty well back in 1850 few years after the town was conceived francis stockbridge um he ended up being a, a u.s senator in his life i was gonna built, say that name sounds familiar he built the grand hotel on mackinac island oh okay he bought one of those sawmills in singapore so good old whitey moves in uh starts takes, dominating everyone t- takes, takes everything over so after it creates a monopoly <laughs> 1836 the lumber mill was built in 1837 the first dwelling was built. So this is right when the town was actually starting to develop to be a town. It was built for Levi and Sally Loomis. There was a few notable buildings. This is a really specific legend. Like it's a legend that has names and dates and it's a very it's, all true. it's a very well supported legend. Well, I tried to do research, so I either A you did. found a whole bunch of stuff or B just made up all kinds of things to drop <laughs> yeah, my back. Yeah. We were doing a great job. Excellent. So there was a number of interesting uh, buildings in the area um, besides the lumber mill. It was actually the site of Michigan's first schoolhouse and also home to what they refer to as a wildcat bank, which apparently was kind of a, a hot topic in the early 1850s. Back when the local banks were just basically printing their own money or exactly. they were just their own currency centers and it was only good if it was backed by that local bank there's no national federal system john's showing me a picture I of this picture currency of, of some of this money and it looks like oh. a cross between monopoly money <laughs> and it does. it does some of the artwork that you'd see on the corners of a map where they draw sea monsters and things like yeah. that yeah Exactly so this, what it looks like. This was a, a seafaring town, a port town. They actually built ships there. <laughs> they say parts unknown. <laughs> <laughs> it really became kind of a bustling uh, location in the 50s. So it thrived um, without much to tell until 1842 when there was a massive blizzard that hit West Michigan. It was a 40-day blizzard, and the p- people were basically starving 
and a ship ran ashore. The only reason they survived they ate the people. is they ate the people. Wait, seriously? No. <laughs> oh, shoot. You said that so convincingly. No, the Hello there, neighbor. We need some. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Spear him in the back. Get I'm him. so grateful you pulled me out of the ocean. <laughs> Onto the dinner plate. So they would have starved if not for the food and the supplies that washed up from that oh, shipwreck. Oh, interesting. After... The great blizzard, uh, 40 day blizzard in 42, they got back on their feet. Things continued to develop, um, until 1871. Now, do you know what happened of historical significance in Midwest America in 1871? I'm going to take a guess, a shot in the dark. Um, 1871, too early for the, for the world's fair, right? I believe so. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it has something the to Dust do Bowl? with Chicago. <laughs> Dust Bowl. It was the Great Chicago Fire. The Great Chicago Fire. The Great Chicago. I was going to say the Great Chicago Fire. You said you said it before I could say it. Most people know about the Great Chicago Fire, but what they don't know is that there were actually four fires. They refer to them, perhaps not all as great fires. First <laughs> yeah. off, that phrase. This fire great. was great. The Great <laughs> Chicago Fire. I don't know how many people died or how many hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars of property was destroyed. Right. It probably was not that great. You're forgetting about the one great fire, which was Donald Trump. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. There was the Holland fire, the Pichtigo fire, and also the Manistee fire. This is all around the same time, and I don't know. Sounds like there was an arson on the loose. <laughs> this is like a clear line from... From uh, Chicago up traveling, to Central Michigan. Traveling around the, the bottom of the lake. There's the Indians fires. getting revenge. I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I had heard that um, the fires on this side of the lake actually came from ashes drifting across the lake. Whoa, just huge chunks just of huge, uh, yeah, burning and starting ash. The, starting the fires on this side of the lake, and that's why they were all around the same time wow or that is was, i've never heard that that is really interesting or there was definitely an arson <laughs> it was definitely a kid it was just fireworks so after the the fire destroyed a great portion of the town they actually set to rebuilding so this town won't very be resilient by anything yeah. you know first well except for the fact that they built it on sand literally <laughs> I can, I can see that being a problem. Perhaps Should we build it on the sand or on the rock? <laughs> on the sand. It's so beautiful, though. It was beautiful. You know, they actually referred to it as a oasis in the woods. So oasis. in this area, it's very similar to the... I wonder why. <laughs> that is not... Oasis, the band. Oh, that's... I... Shows okay. how much I know. All right. <laughs> okay. So much like the topic last week, we're in the same area. It was across the um, the river. So there's a lake that, that feeds into kind of a river that pumps into the Lake Michigan. Okay. And it was right on the other side of that river was where this town allegedly was. Just like the Felt Mansion, you have trees all around right by the lake shore and then just this thriving mini metropolis in the woods in one of the first cities on this side of the state. So three years after that, things started falling into disrepair again. After that Chicago fire, the Holland fire, 
they cut down all the trees around the city. Uh oh, these they're not good at they're foresight. Not good at thinking <laughs> things. So we're gonna build our whole city on sand. Uh, we're just gonna cut down trees. Uh, I can't see anything going wrong. <laughs> so we pissed off all the locals and we moved in. <laughs> we ran out of fire water and we can't keep people happy. <laughs> so I can't see this going super well in the long term. So they, they cut down all these trees around this town to rebuild after the Chicago fire. So this was from 1871 to 1873. That's where the rebuilding process started. At the time that this town disappeared, there were 21 buildings and around 200 people there. And all of a sudden, it started to get swallowed up in the sand. So as the legend goes... Oh, so it was sinking, kind of sinking down and sand was moving over top of it? It wasn't water? It wasn't sinking down. It wasn't water. It was much like you would imagine in Egypt with these massive pyramids and, and temples and things. You know, they get buried... Um, the obelisks, things like that. Sounds like something out of Indiana Jones. It really is. Like someone picked up something in the town they weren't supposed to pick up, and then <laughs> sand just started flowing in from a giant somewhere. Boulder just <laughs> rolls down the hill. Yeah. What it was was when they cut down all the trees around the village. Oh, that the sand was, started shifting. The sand started shifting. They I didn't get have it now. any cover, so right these on the lake people shore, are idiots. <laughs> this is natural selection at work, people. Right on the lake shore, you have these massive dunes, and the trees had protected the city from the mighty winds and when they cut those all down it was a clear shot from the lake there was no line of protection at all so for people who don't understand or maybe who don't live by a beach or especially lake michigan the beach is different every single year mm -hmm. like the dunes are constantly shifting constantly moving uh it's a big deal and natural erosion is a uh, also a really huge problem problem. trees are what hold the dune together so the roots go down and like tie things together so yeah. as it erodes and the trees um and the vegetation deteriorates then the the dune quickly deteriorates so imagine these dunes are similar if you're not familiar with them to something you may see in the deserts of california in like mm-hmm. in indiana jones when they're crossing the desert they're gigantic two three two, four three, five hundred feet feet tall piles of sand and here they're often covered it's just with like counting two, two three, three four uh, five uh, six seven uh, eight uh, nine. <laughs> ten thousand and they're covered by like beach grass and there's trees and things like that so you're right it's constantly constantly shifting the sands start coming in start burying parts of the town there's actually a really funny story about a gentleman that just refused to leave uh, so the whole town started packing up slowly as it got swallowed up by the sand. And this guy was like, nope. So I'm, 199 I'm not people gonna leave. walked out. Yeah. yeah. And and like little Bobby D is sitting there right. like, I'm not going to leave. It's right. my home. Sand is swallowing up his ankles. It got so bad that he had to, when he finally left, he had to escape through the second floor of his house. Oh my goodness. It had completely, I'm thinking snowed in, but sand, sanded, sanded in. Sanded so in. it was like a mini dust bowl. Hard to grow much in sand. You don't get good crops out of sand. <laughs> In fact, you might, unless you can eat dune grass, you get approximately no crops out of sand. Of course, there's the great sand mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's a picture that I have. There are documentation showing that there was a real town called Singapore um, right next to the Sagatuck area and that it did slowly over time disappear somehow. Now, the last building that is said to have disappeared 
um, and Chandler's looking at a picture that I actually found online of the town. Uh, it's one of the lumber mills, and it's right by the lake, so there's some boats and where they would be able to float logs down the lake. So this, um, this area was there at some point, and then it disappeared. Uh, after the fire, they had rebuilt one of the mills, so there's one mill remaining, and the tall stack on that mill was the last thing that was visible this disappeared sometime in the late 1800s it actually got swallowed up by sand very quickly but an interesting fact is i'm not exactly sure on the timeline but my mother-in-law grew up in the same area i had the story about my father-in-law with the melon heads it's kind of why i chose these stories because of the personal connection to them but my mother-in-law actually remembers going out when she was young i think she was a teenager in searching for the lost city of Singapore. Whoa. And there was a particular year where it was very, very windy and stormy all season long, and it uncovered the top of the mill. Really? So she actually has seen some of that That is building. amazing. I've never even heard of this before, and I've lived here I mean, whole, most of my life. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't heard about it either. It, it's so funny because unlike the Melon Heads and the Felt Mansion, those are pretty widespread in this area, especially like the Felt yeah. Mansion very widespread but this was real but this was real well <laughs> was the a, mansion's I mean, real but that's true th this is a real city that disappeared again roughly 20 miles from where we're at now and i had never heard of it until my wife had brought it up to me because of that story with her mother okay so here's a dumb question you said this is pretty close to Sagatak. yes um when you walk down to the beach near the Sagatak area there are what look like maybe old pier pieces or dock pieces i don't know if you know what i'm talking about but they're still out in the water and what's odd is that those aren't clearly connected to they're connected to nothing on the shore the shore is just trees and dune grass and sand i mean are those possibly old parts and old remnants of this or so i'm actually you could hear all that yeah oh that wonderful notes. it sounds like you're opening a gift over there so here is a map of where singapore once stood okay i'm gonna hand you that all right Oh, so this is oh, – I just want to clarify. I can tell from where this is based on Lake Sagatuck here that this is not where I'm thinking of. This okay. is north of where I'm thinking. So that – I must be thinking of something else, something more recent. Uh, there's a historic marker. Um, I'm going to read to you what it says just because I think you'll find this interesting. Beneath the sands near the mouth of the Kalamazoo River lies the site of Singapore, one of Michigan's most famous ghost towns. Founded in 1830s by New York Island speculators who hoped it would rival Chicago or Milwaukee as a lake port, Singapore was in fact, until the 1870s, a busy lumbering town with three mills, two hotels, several general stores, and a renowned wildcat bank. It outshone its neighbor to the south, the Flats, as Sagatuck was then called. When the supply of timber was exhausted, the mills closed and the once bustling waterfront grew quiet. The people left, most of them settled here in Sagatuck. Gradually, Lake Michigan's shifting sand buried Singapore. So Whoa. it doesn't mention the fact in on the historic marker that the reason why the lumber dried up is because they actually cut it all down to For build, the fire. to rebuild. Yeah, but Okay, here's an interesting thought. It's kind of funny how back in, in that day and age, towns were like startups. <laughs> you know, it was like that was the yeah. startup of the of the 19th century. It's like let's go. It was like people from New I York. Got a great idea. Yeah. Let's go start a town in the middle of the woods. Yeah, basically, and then it failed. This was like an early tech startup. It was like let's let's build a. It was a wealthy investors from New York moved to the Midwest, 
tried to make a town and it, eventually it had what we could call users, 200 users. <laughs> and then they used up all the resources and had very poor planning and then just either died or moved away. It's like <laughs> that's such an interesting analogy. Like towns really were the like, startups like of the like 19th nowadays, century. Nowadays it's like I'm trying to raise some money for a, for a, a business. business plan that yeah, I Yeah, we have. don't start towns. When was the last – I'd actually like to know Let's when the last a time town. a town was, was chartered. Like, Let's what? just go out and start it. Just start, start a, a town. town. It's so, a gold rush. So I have an interesting picture here. I think you're going to like this. It's small, but take a look at this. Oh, this is a picture of your butt. Yes. It is Try this picture. Small. Try this picture right here. Oh, that's my butt too. Sorry. <laughs> oh, this is just the other half. <laughs> so yeah, this is clearly an image. It's a black and white image, uh, and it is um, the top of a house that is. So the rest of the house is covered by sand. You can only see the top, maybe quarter of the house. It looks exactly like something out of a flood video where the house would be covered by water, except this is just sand that is blown around the house, and all you can see is sort of the peak of the roof. Uh, it's very interesting. I thought so. This is this is remarkable to me. I really would like to know if there are any pieces that you can still see, or if you if you performed mild excavation, if you could reach any any parts. Did you come across anything like that in your research? So here's the issue: in the late seventies, maybe early eighties, is when I'd pinpoint when my mother in law had seen the buildings. Her account to me was actually. The, um, the, most last, the most recent account of being able to see the city. The problem is it's on private property now. And so we have to just, go at night. Well, we have to sneak in. Well, we can we can get two birds stoned at once. We can we can go in and look <laughs> for the melon heads and dig for the lost city. Three, because uh, then we can scope out the old felt mansion and see if we can see. Yeah, Agnes. we can. That's right. We, okay, so this this is this is what we're gonna do. We're, we're going to dig for the lost city of Singapore. We're going to check out Felt Mansion, and we're going to be constantly on alert for ravenous, cannibalistic melon heads that and then we we'll hope probably... sound like Kevin from 321 Penguins. <laughs> and then we'll probably go to jail for trespassing. <laughs> yeah, and that'll, that'll be the completion of our comedy bit <laughs> because where we find out if you drop this on what really happens. Today's show is brought to you by Drummond Sweaters, reminding you that men are better than women. We don't even make sweaters for women. We know they're better left in the kitchen. Drummond Sweaters, men are better. And it's time now for Surprise Headlines, where we read the news without knowing what it is. All right, what you got? I got a couple things here. Uh, these are short. Um, <laughs> first one, actually... I hope this isn't sad. It says Chinese space station is tumbling toward an Easter Sunday crash. Oh, no. The reason that's funny to me is because even their space junk is Chinese junk. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course it's the Chinese space station. It's made in China. <laughs> Just hopefully there's no one in it. That would be a little, that would be tragic. Here's one. Um, help wanted. Nudist campground searching for a lifeguard. And the uniform <laughs> is cheap. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds like a terrible, terrible job because we all have seen pictures of the kind of people that actually go to nudist beaches and the word saggy comes to mind. <laughs> so here's another one. Iowa man wins lawsuit over calling his hometown stinky. <laughs> <laughs> just sounds so you can be his whole state. I mean, it's, it's also probably literally stinky. It's Iowa. It's just filled with cow poo, most likely. This is This is really surprising to me, honestly. Uh, this is a, a breaking study. It's under health news. 
and it, the headline is why eating out may be bad for your health. That is astounding journalism right there. Uh, for any reason at all should be the answer. Because <laughs> you're eating out. It's filled with trans fats and sodium and calories and chemicals and preservatives. <laughs> good good job, uh, WCVB Boston. Very extensive and expensive study. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To, to tell us something we already know. Yeah. Here's another one. Woman arrested after raunchy come on to the Easter Bunny. Oh my gosh. That sounds like something that would happen with a Santa, actually. I want you out for Christmas, and then someone gets a little out of hand. All she wants for Christmas is Santa Claus. (laughs) All right, here's another one. Punxsutawney Phil wanted by police for bad weather forecasting. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree with that. I would not mind seeing him shriveled up and twitching on the side of the road, that's for sure. Here we go. Um, Here's a little insight, because I think that's so interesting. So on February 2, Punxsutawney Phil saw a shadow and predicted six more weeks of winter. However, when spring came to Pennsylvania last week, it was accompanied by a storm that brought several inches of snow. That was the straw that broke the camel's back for Scott Martin of the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. Martin decided he was tired of a rodent pretending to be a meteorologist, (laughs) so he created a wanted poster for Phil. (laughs) That's actually really funny. Uh, I like to think that they went and just dragged him out and made him a public spectacle and... (laughs) This is the one that's been lying to you all. This, his punishment was like they kept trying to get him to cross the road when there was like a semi going or something. <laughs> come on, Phil. Come over here now. Here's another another health one. that I, Again, I don't understand why we need explanations like this. It says scientists explain the sound of knuckle cracking. <laughs> it's just your knuckle. Gas it's just your joint. from your joints. Yeah, basically. It's gas bubbles in the joints being released and we crack our knuckles Could but i like be. how the news was like we should get someone here to talk about this like this is this is important it's bbc for goodness sake shouldn't they be like spending their time like trying to cure cancer no it's more important they tell us uh by the way eating out is bad and uh here's what's actually happening when you're making that annoying popping sound with your knuckles no those aren't your bones breaking here's another one uh two pilots in different planes saw the same ufo the faa cannot explain mm. that's kind of interesting so this was in february 24 around 3 30 p.m uh somewhere over near phoenix and, and they're basically was, like yeah we don't know there's looks like some back and forth with the air control tower and they saw a massive object several planes reported it so that's kind of interesting odd. yeah this is something that comes up a lot when we're doing either the unreported news or uh, we were on our last session talking about um, some of those things where uh, you brought up the former um, – I can't remember which military unit or entity it was, but it was one of the U.S. defense programs. He was the head of it, and he came out and he said, yeah, we have a lot of information yeah, that we haven't put out there, and a lot of this is you know, pretty unexplained. Exactly. He, he works – I forget his name now too, but he works with uh, Tom DeLong at the To the Stars Academy. Tom DeLong, um, formerly of Blink-182, um, maybe doesn't have the credibility, but he had um, several, I think one was the ex-director of the CIA, someone that worked yeah, that's in who like it the, was. Uh, defense, you know, like so head honchos with government agencies that were saying, yeah, this is this is real. Do you have any last ones today, or uh, have we run out of funny headlines? It seems like the news isn't as funny today as it, as it usually is. It's pretty serious. It's all like Russian spies getting poisoned which i don't know why that uh seems to surprise anyone um 
It's mostly Trump and Russian spies, so this may be all we have in today's segment, Surprise Headlines. Conspiracies, open your eyes and see, it's Cage's destiny, so come with me, make history, conspiracies, open your eyes and see, it's Cage's destiny, so come with me. The bold, the brave, the cage. The bold, the brave, the cage. All right, now it's time for our final segment, Cage of the Day. Cage of the Day. Cage of the Day. Cage of the oh, I can't even. I can't. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> So I'm going to go back to our list of the top 50 movie phrase, phrases of Nicholas I love King. this. And I got it. I didn't get – I was 0 for 5 last time, I think. I think you did 5, and I got none of them. So we'll see if you have any any better. The only problem is those were the only Nicholas Cage movies I, I think I know. I may have I may have one left in my tank that I didn't know. So so what we do here is is John gives me a quote, from a Nicholas Cage line from one of his movies, and I – I basically take a wild stab at what movie it's from. All right, so here we go. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the effing day. I know it's not any of the National Treasures, which is the first <laughs> movie I think of. Because he drops the it's F a, word in it. Yeah, yeah it's a, definitely not a Disney movie. Um, On air. Uh, Here's another one. You don't have a lucky crack pipe? <laughs> uh, is that... um? Uh, I I don't know. I don't. That's Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call. Okay, I do know Bad Lieutenant. The problem is I just haven't seen most of these movies. I'm Guns and this. Wine, Naughty Priests. Uh, is that from The Da Vinci Code? Angels nope. and Demons. No, it's not from either of those. Where that's Tom Hanks, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Oh, I keep I'm like going to the going the Road to Perdition, uh, Green the... Mile. Uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> it's Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Ah, uh, you know, I feel like it's always either Ghost Rider or just one of his B roll movies that I mean, no one's ever seen. No one's ever seen. F you, trailer trash. Hey, my mama lives in a trailer. Raising Arizona. Con Air again. Con Air again. That's There's like the fourth time. Here. Yeah, this one should be easy. Killing me won't bring back your GD honey. Y- yes. Okay, that one I know for sure. That is a solid line. From the blockbuster flop, Wicker Man. Exactly. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Your first one. Oh, finally. All right, let's see. We got a couple more here. Well, baby O, it's not exactly... Okay, I th- I, th- I know this one, I think. Okay. Um, is, that from, uh, is that from Face Off? No. You didn't even let me finish. <laughs> well, baby O, <laughs> it's not exactly my ties and Yahtzee out here, but let's do it. I think I know this scene from watching one of his montages on YouTube, but I don't know the name of the film. Con Air, once again. Oh, my gosh. Okay, next one. I'm going to get this one. Shoot Con him Air. again. Con Air. No. Con Air 2. No. Con Shoot Air him 3. again. His soul's still dancing. <laughs> I don't know, but I want to see that movie. <laughs> once again, Bad Lieutenant, Bad Port Lieutenant. of Call. All right, last one. Oh no, not the bees, not the bees, ah! Oh, they're in my eyes, my eyes, ah! 
Shawshank Redemption. Uh, <laughs> obviously, Wicker Man. Okay, so so here's what we've learned. Well, a couple of things. I don't know any of these quotes, uh, but I think it's it's safe to say we can spin this cage of the day into a recommendation that we need to watch these Con Air and Bad Lieutenant because that's where all of these good quotes are from. We need to watch it together. What we should do, this would be ingenious, is to film it uh, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 style. Oh, we, while we, we definitely should. Over it. Wouldn't that be amazing? All right. So that's going to be some, some bonus content, it sounds like. All right. That's a promise from us, the producers, the hosts, to you, the listeners. We are going to Mystery Theater 3000 style watch. Mystery Science Theater. Mystery Science Theater 3000 style uh, watch these Nicolas Cage movies and uh, provide our own commentary. Sounds like a plan. So that's our show. We'd like to thank our sponsor, generous sponsor, Cartelco, once again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Big Thank Tony. you for not killing our families. <laughs> thank you uh, for getting that blood stain out of my that's uh, right. favorite shirt. From Cleaning up my dirty money. <laughs> you know, they actually also will sew uh, garments that tear or get stabbed through or things like that as well. Oh, so, that's nice. Yeah, alterations and repair. That's I love that. They're a great sponsor. They are. Well, thanks for listening, and we look forward to uh, talking to you guys again next week on Barely Offended.